Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim is down at the Masters uh, all week, and players are getting out for their first competitive round. Jim and I are speaking in the morning here on uh, Thursday at about 9, so don't know how the first day uh, went so far. So, Jim, tell us about the course conditions here early on. What's it going to play like here uh, uh, today so far? It was really hot on Wednesday, like 90 degrees, sunny, uh, which dried out the course quite a bit. Today it is overcast, uh, mild chance of rain later, probably not going to affect play. Uh, then there are forecasts of rain Friday afternoon and Saturday, heavy rains on Saturday. The updated forecasts uh, no longer call for rain or much rain on Sunday. So there's, okay. I just don't think there's much doubt they're going to get this in. And maybe they'll have to play some on Sunday morning or move. You know, it, it just doesn't feel as threatening as it did earlier in the week. Now, the conditions themselves could end up affecting the way the course plays, obviously. And there are supposed to be high winds and uh, heavy rains at some point Friday and Saturday. So you really might see a great advantage for a lot of the people going out late today. They get to play late today. Uh, then they get to play early tomorrow morning before the weather hits, theoretically. And a lot of the best players are going out late and then early. So, you know, including Rory and Scheffler and, and, and Spieth and Finau. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays. Because sometimes, let's face it, sometimes weather does determine, does take people off the board. I still remember Tiger when he was, you know, in his absolute prime and at, at the rare point in golf history when everybody expected one golfer to win every tournament right and he went to the he went to the british open and it was like you know it was a it was a hurricane he played in a hurricane he couldn't hit the ball forward and, and he ended up having no chance in that major yeah that's uh, what happens sometimes that's just the variables uh, of it that uh, rear its head uh, in golf and 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 can change like that you just hope you're on the good side uh, of the thursday and friday draws i've heard the masters called the toughest walk in golf would you agree with that i think of the the courses the major course the courses that are played as majors yes there's probably some course some places on a cliff that's mm-hmm. different but in terms of the courses these guys are going to play uh, it is long. It is uh, very steep. It's, it's. I mean, it doesn't. That's one of the many things that doesn't come across on TV. These are ski slopes. Um, you know, going down ten. Uh, you know, going up one. Going down two. Uh, going down six. Going. Uh, you know, it's. It, it's. It's remarkable the, the elevation changes, and there are no like even lies. Uh, and listen, if you talk to, to a non-golfer and you say, oh, it's a lot of walking and you're on uneven lives, all that, they don't get that how difficult it is. Golf is a game of precision and keeping your heart rate down and hitting, being incredibly precise and keeping your emotions and your brain calm. And when you, when you chug up a hill and then have to hit a delicate putt or a chip, it does affect you. And then when you have Tiger Woods, who's on a reconstructed knee, um, he, you know, it last, it's, I had a pro tell me that last year he he was going home after each round to get the full uh, benefit of his like his his you know physio and, and trainers at home in Jupiter and then flying back for the next round because it took that much work wow. to keep his leg functioning. Now his leg is better this year, but he's a year older, and I, I it's not that he won't play well for a certain amount of time. It's just hard to imagine he will be able to hold up on, on four days of walking at a high competitive level here. 
Yeah, he just loves the tournament so much. I've heard him say if, uh, if he ever thought that he could contend again, that the Masters would be it, despite the, the hilly nature uh, of the golf course. I forget who it was at one of the press conferences this week. Uh, the player said, yeah, there's 18 flat shots out here. You're 18 right. tee shots. That's it. Right, and for Tiger, uh, one of the biggest things about Augusta National is knowing where to miss, yeah. knowing when, if ever, to fire at the pin, uh, knowing where to leave yourself a good putt, uh, knowing how, you know, it, and Tiger thinks the game better than anybody. And that gives him a chance to make the cut. I just can't imagine him being, you know, full, at full strength on a weekend. No, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk a little twins, if you don't mind, Jim. I don't know how much yes. you're able to kind of keep up with that so far. Another terrific outing for Pablo Lopez yesterday. Yeah, you know, if you told me before opening day that they were going to start 4-2 and two and that Lopez is going to pitch great, Maida is going to look good, and for, for the most part, the bullpen was going to do its job. I would have said, okay, that, you know, that's a that's a good start. Now it's disappointing when you lose two in a row to the Marlins, and but one of those is Al, Alcantara, who's one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, and the fact that Lopez looked this good, I think, is just really encouraging. The lineup is just not that deep and powerful yet. They need better health. They need to get Polanco and Kirilov back and deep in that thing. Uh, but I, I would say under the conditions, 4-2 start with your rotation looking great is, is a pretty good first week. It's kind of mind-boggling how much good pitching Miami must have. I mean, watching yeah. their pitching this week, you can see they really have it. But to be able to trade Pablo Lopez and not miss a beat? It's amazing. It really is. And, and you know, and I credit the Twins. This, is, this was a perfect deal to pursue. You know, here's a here's a team that wanted somebody like Arise, both for baseball reasons and marketing reasons and entertainment reasons. They don't they had trouble drawing down there. And to get a Latin American player with a great personality coming off a batting champ, that was very attractive to them. They had enough pitching to be able to deal. They, they, I mean, they had enough pitching to deal, and they gave the Twins two excellent prospects. Yeah. And and you know, I keep on saying it. I, I you know, Arise could hit 400 the rest of his career if, if Lopez and those prospects turn out to be what they look like they're going to be that's still a great deal I, the, they were talking with uh is, is the twins pitching coach named Mackey is that his last yeah. name he yes. and he was saying that they actually that what Lopez had that they saw was fastball changeup, and they've added this yep. kind of sweeper slider for him and, yep. and so they looked at him and said we can make him even better so far it sure looks like it yeah, and they, they try to do that a lot. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works for a while and goes away. Uh, but Lopez looks like he is he has the ability to really execute that pitch. It's not like some difficult thing they're asking him to do. And that pitch is really effective. It's really effective against right-handers. Uh, it really sets up his other pitches. It's kind of a, you know, it's, I mean, he throws his change up hard, and the sweeper comes in about six miles an hour, seven miles an hour slower than the changeup. Mm-hmm. And it's a big breaker and it looks different than every other pitch he has. Uh, so I really, I think this guy could be exceptional with his pitch mix. Yeah, that's really something. You know, the lineup is uh, still in need of, uh, uh, you know, a little more power when Polanco gets back. Uh, that'll certainly help uh, the lineup. But but a guy who has, you know, he's trying to win the job every day, Trevor Larnick. Uh, he's healthy. He says he feels as good as he ever has. He was a first-round draft pick or a compensatory pick, something like that. He He's... He had all kinds of potential. He just couldn't stay healthy, so he redid his body, redid his training regime, uh, routine. He looks great. Yeah, I, one of the first things I did this spring when I was up there was stop by and talk to him, and uh, he looks like he's really put together. He looks mm-hmm. really fit and strong. He also 
Uh, and sometimes this matters, sometimes it doesn't. He talked a good game. He just sounded very composed, like he had a really good plan for keeping himself healthy and for, for producing. Uh, so I just, you know, and these things can be overdone. You know, oh, boy, I talked to somebody in spring training. This is the impression I got. But I just got a sense of maturity and determination from him. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and uh, deservedly so. And sometimes a guy has to go through the crucible early in their careers of injury and, uh, you know, maybe opportunities they're not getting that they feel like they have. And it, and it makes them a lot tougher mentally. And, uh, you know, it looks like Larnick has really decided because he wasn't promised anything coming to training camp, right? I mean, he's earned all this. Right. No, uh, you know, originally I thought he was going to be the DH, and then I started hearing, nope, they're probably going to use a mix of players, and then they finally said, nope, we're just going to use Buxton mostly as our DH, and really it took injuries for Larnick to make the team. And I, I do think there is a, a shift that happens with a lot of talented young players. You know, throughout their young lives, everybody's always slapping them on the back, then they end up being a yeah. college star or a high school star, then they end up getting a high draft choice, and they get a big signing bonus. And a lot of them, just by sheer human nature – just feel like this is my path. I'm going to be a big leaguer. I'm going to make a lot of money. And they start thinking in terms like that. And then when it doesn't happen, it's a shock to the system. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I think Larnick, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he was that guy, but at this point he seems to have really figured out that, Hey, I'm going to have to fight for every bat and I better take advantage of my opportunities. Good reports on Royce Lewis and his uh, uh, injury rehabilitation. He may be ready, uh, you know, to come back to the Twins June, July. Who knows? He'll probably get a lengthy minor league assignment for for rehab as well. But let's say everybody stays healthy. Where does Royce Lewis fit into the lineup? My guess is that um, they'll just wait for an injury to open up a spot for him. And they'll play him around in St. Paul so he's ready to come up and maybe help in the outfield, maybe help at third, maybe help at second. Uh, he can pl- certainly play shortstop if anything happens to Correa. He can DH for you. Uh, I, I really I, – I don't think they want to use him as just an extra player. He just hasn't gotten that many at-bats in his life in his professional life yet yeah uh, but but let's face it what's going to happen is somebody's going to get hurt and he's going to get an opportunity yeah jim thanks so much thanks Todd. live at five sports at todd and suhan brought to you by prairie's edge casino resort